And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. I've decided, Doc Manson, that Doc Manson. What? What have you decided, DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI? The Royal Rumble is just never going to get here. It's just not. We're going to talk about it. People are going to announce that they're in it, and it's just never going to happen because it feels like it's taken forever and two days for this. How long has it actually been? How short of a time period has has it been that they have conditioned us to expect pay-per-views every two weeks? I will check. This seems long. Good question. I will fact checking, ruining our podcast since 2017. The last podcast, oh, the podcast, the last pay per view <clears throat> was December 18th. So it has literally been well, a month and a day. Well, and it feels like it. And oh, okay, and then let me say this to you: uh, the last pay per view was Roadblock End of the Line. What was the main event? Was that a raw pay per view? <clears throat> you tell me. Yes, it was a raw pay per view. Um, something to do with Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know they 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 happen so often, and yet at the same time, and but then again, January twenty ninth, Royal Rumble, February twelfth, Elimination Chamber, March fifth, Fastlane. I don't know if you noticed, but um, I'm an African American. Well, that too. But on SmackDown this week, they started building the Elimination Chamber. Shane McMahon's big announcement. Right. And then they had people actually coming out and, like, you know, talking about being in Elimination Chamber. And I was just, you know, it almost actually went by me. It was Mrs. Manson who turned to me and said, but they haven't even gotten to the Rumble yet. And I was like, huh. You're right. So, AJ... What do you think that means? I It's the same thing that happened. It, it means that <clears throat> SmackDown never gets enough time to build. Because before Survivor Series, they were talking about um, AJ versus Ambrose for TLC. You know, they're looking ahead of these big four pay-per-views to the brand-specific ones. Because they have to build those storylines on top of every other storyline. Right, and Royal Rumble doesn't really require any storylines, so there you go. Having said that, now I want to build what I think my Elimination Chamber would be, but we can do that on a later date. But uh, welcome to DDT Wrestling, by the way. <laughs> uh, DDT Wrestling at gmail.com. Once again, we opened the show talking wrestling. I don't know what is... I... All right, well, let me ask you a question. I'm all ears. You had your appendix removed, right? Yes, I did. What is that like? Not like the removal part, but what's having appendicitis like? Uh, Having appendicitis is um, not fun. Uh, So I'll tell the story. Uh, It was Christmas 2014, I think. Yeah, because I was tweeting. I was, uh, you know... um, 
and I assumed that I had just overeaten. So I had a very bad stomach ache, but I've had stomach problems the entire length of time you've known me. So me having a stomach... This this stomach ache you had, was it like localized somewhere? Or was it just all over? Not particularly. It felt, you know, it felt just like a stomach ache. It felt like my stomach was very, you know, full. There was a, like a, like there was a pain, um... You know, I assumed that if I, you know, just waited a while or tried some alternative methods, it would go away. Uh, it went away enough for me to sleep, but it was still bothering me the next day. I can give you the test that I was given, which... Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with it, the hopping on one foot, yeah. right? Does that hurt? I mean, a little, but at the same time, I don't really think I have appendicitis. I mean, I do because I'm crazy. I have anxiety issues but I, I don't really think i have appendicitis but it does hurt when i hop on that foot but all uh, but alternatively I, th- I i honestly think it's probably just I, I pulled an abdominal muscle because that would also hurt while hopping on one foot mm-hmm. so <clears throat> when you hop on one foot is it painful enough that you wince what do you mean wince like, like a face wince so, or like the whole body what had happened shudder. is my my stomach was hurting my stomach was hurting i was going back and forth with mrs matthews as to whether or not um to you know go to the clinic maybe it was something maybe it was Was it like the worst pain of your life christmas night was the worst stomach ache i had ever had like it literally just it felt like like i eventually made myself when, uh when you say stomach ache do you mean like it hurt bad or you mean stomach ache like the traditional sense of stomach ache like oh man got to use the bathroom like that sort no, of thing no pain like pain. like okay. like pain and discomfort and you would assume that you know i made myself vomit i'm not darren drozdoff though i was i i i got close for a while there do you even know who darren drozdoff is <laughs> no <laughs> okay i assume it's an old wrestler it's a wrestler from the attitude era uh, and his thing was, uh, he was a former football player, and he could literally puke on command, and Vince McMahon loved that, and that was his gimmick for a while, is his nickname was Puke, and he would just go out there and like... I've heard that name before. Yeah. Puke. He got in, okay. he got paralyzed by D'Lo Brown, and... I do know that name. Yes. Yes. That's the okay. guy. Um, so I, I induced vomiting in the hope that it would go away, and it was it was relieved enough. So what I learned is appendicitis is something that can you can have it like your appendicitis can become inflamed so i've had like you know when i was talking to the doctor about it they were like you probably had noticed it before but just chalked it up to a stomach ache and eventually it went away it was at this point where it just didn't and so finally uh i was or mrs matthews was on the phone with a nurse in the family and the nurse was like well have him hopping up and down on his right foot and i did and I apparently like flinched seriously. And Mrs. Matthews was like, okay, well, we're going to go to the walk-in clinic now. So I need to get off the telephone. And and what did they do at the walk-in? Uh, I laid down on the table. The doctor kind of did one of those things where he kind of tapped around my lower abdomen. And was yeah. like, does this hurt? Does this hurt? Does this hurt? And when he got to a point and my entire body kind of like I almost did a yeah, sit up, yeah. he was like, oh, and that he hurts. was this he was this very <laughs> lovely. Um, I, I believe he had an accent, though. It's all very foggy because apparently I was a little feverish. Um, 
He was like, oh, well, you've got a little bit of the appendicitis, so we're going to call ahead to the hospital, let them know you're coming. You should probably have this out um, today, I would hope. So uh, (laughs) let's shuttle you off into the car. And, you know, I didn't take an ambulance or anything, but within six or seven hours, I was out of surgery. Um, Right, right. So, you know. Down one appendix. Yes, down one appendix. So, um, but the fact, you know, I, I don't believe we would be recording a podcast if you were like, um, well, I'm pretty stubborn in terms of my pain tolerance sometimes, but on a, like I said, I don't really think that's what it is. Is this it only the worst when I'm moving? Oh, is this the know, worst stomach ache sort of you've ever had? No, but I've never had like a phantom stomach pain like this before. Like it, it is pretty, it does hurt quite a bit. And, like, I can't think of a reason why it would hurt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't do anything. Did, have you, you – you have not undergone any strenuous physical activity over the last few days? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think so. I, I, you didn't run? You didn't, you know, engage in well, karate? We do have, well, we do have an elliptical in the house now. Um, I didn't use it yesterday. I did use it. Two days ago, um, so I mean, I guess that's possible, but I, I don't know. Are you a physician? Not even close. <laughs> but, Damn it! But I am the probably the closest person you know who's had their appendix removed lately. So that's true. And like I said, I really don't think that's what it is. And correct me if I'm wrong. You said it, I mean it was a generalized pain, but when he was tapping around, uh, it wasn't doctor, until he got to that lower right area that I really and it's lower, right? It's like below the navel. Yeah, and what apparently yeah. you can do is you take you do the Hawaiian crush Kona crush Brudaman sign. Yep. You put your Keep thumb. Wrestling part. You it, put yep. your thumb in your belly button, and it's around where your pe- don't go straight down. Go off to the no, right. No, no. <laughs> no, there's something else there. <laughs> if that's hurting. <laughs> Seek help right away. Um, yeah, but yeah, it it should be around where your pinky is. Yeah, no, it's, no, it's, it's, this is definitely above uh, the pubic zone, above the equator, northern hemisphere. Pubic, so. I like that. <laughs> I enjoy the way you pronounce words. Just because every time I talk about suedo stuff, I'm like, I'm totally just stealing <laughs> that from you. It's not pseudoscience. Pubic, it's... pubic is apparent. I don't know this for sure, but pubic is not just a funny pronunciation of. Uh, I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's. It's. It's a Jewish word, apparently. Okay. Well. Yeah. I I learned that. I I think I learned that one from the misses. So I assume it's Yiddish or Jewish or Hebrew. I I don't know, but you are my. You and Mrs. Manson are my go-to people for the Hebrew faith. So more her than you. Not me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, all right. Are you Are you ready to soldier on? Now that we took. You know, as long as I as long as I don't move, I think we'll be all right. All right. Well, again, welcome to uh, DDT Hypochondria. We're happy to have you here. Um, Accurate. uh, When last you and I spoke, uh, it was night one of the WWE United Kingdom Championship Tournament. Uh, Since then, night two happened. And uh, we have a new United Kingdom champion, 19-year-old Master Tyler Bates. So... um, your thoughts on the night two of the tournament? I believe I believe I believe his last name is Bate, not Bates. Uh. Singular. I believe it's singular. Oh, I could be wrong. No, but I think actually, that's correct. now that you mention it, I think you're right. I think it is it is Mister Bate, um, Master Tyler Bate. 
Yeah. Uh, That's the one. What'd you think of night two? We're not going to have any listeners, are we? Yeah, we are. This episode? What oh, did you think? God. What did you oh. stop moving? <laughs> what, I can't help it. I was sliding in the chair. What did you think of uh, night two? We had the quarterfinals, you know, semifinals. I don't know if we. I don't know if we talked about this the first time we spoke about this tournament, but you know, I really preferred the format of the UK championship tournament and over that of the, of the cruiserweight. Don't get me wrong. The cruiserweight tournament also was very good. I'm not complaining about it or even its format. Um, I, I guess, you know, different strokes, different folks, but also, you know, there's, there's a benefit to both formats, I think. But I, I will say in terms of getting me, you know, educated on these guys and sort of caring about them and invested, the way that this show just kept moving and introducing me to new people, and they intru- and they did introduce each combatant before each match. Um, the, just the way that was formatted, the way that was put together, they did a really good job of, of pulling me in to that tournament, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Do you the th- whole thing, start to finish. Do you think? Well, obviously, it had to do with the weekly thing. But I also think it had to do with the fact that that was a 32-man tournament. The Cruiserweight Classic had twice as many guys in it. Well, that could be too. So, you know, you're introduced to, I don't even remember who was on night one, but let's say, hypothetically, Cedric Alexander was on night one. You're not going to see him again for three or four episodes until you get to round two. So to your I, point for sure, right? I mean, that makes it much harder to have well, to establish any sort of continuity or rapport mm-hmm. with the individual um wrestlers. Certainly. As, yeah, as opposed to this one where we watched Tyler Bate wrestle four times in a 48-hour period. Who did we watch? Tyler Bate. Who? Master Tyler Bates, the UK. Oh, champion. him. Oh, oh. We were just, yes, we were just talking about him. My mistake. You know, we saw Pete Dunn wrestle four times in in two. You know, so how did you feel about Mister Peter Dunn, Petey, if you will? Uh, I did not. I enjoyed his heel work. Um, I thought that was good. Obviously, Triple H was very impressed with him. But at the same time, I spent most of the time fanboying out over William Regal more than enjoying Pete Dunne. But that's just me. Well, I mean, that that does sound like you. You know, at one point uh, after he had attacked, it must have been Tyler Bate, like Regal charged towards him. And I literally jumped out of this chair being like, punch him, punch him in his stupid face. It could have been uh, Sam... Codwell, or Gradwell, Jeff Bezos, no. or whatever. No, because that was the first time. This was the second time it happened, and he was okay. like, okay. "I've been working on this for six months. You are not going to ruin this for me." You know, it was just, yeah, I was, I was dreaming of dreaming of a of a moment. And then to you know continue to to just praise William Regal during the introductions of the championship match, he's giving him a death stare the entire time. It was good. Um, it, it was um, good. I like Pete Dunne. Uh, I didn't like him as much as some other people did, which is fine. No, you know. I mean, whatever. Like I said, different folks and all that jazz. Yeah. Going to like different things. Um, you know, uh, my boy Wolfgang, 
I wish he had, his you know tournament had ended better. That match with Tyler Bate was only about six minutes long and kind of ended random abruptly, I thought. But, uh, you know, otherwise, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I do think it was an easier thing for a fan brand new to it to ingest than the Cruiserweight was. Right. I, I think I agree with that uh, summation as well. And uh, Mr. Neville, our good friend, and the savior of the Cruiserweight division, Mr. Neville, came out. And uh, I, I believe you enjoyed his opponent. I did. Timmy Start. He's looking good. <laughs> uh, do you think it matters that he's not going to go by Timmy Start in NXT? Well, I tweeted, and you argued with me for some reason. But uh, I, I think it's very. I do think it's very, very strange that they would introduce this wrestler. Uh, into WWE canon under a name that they do not intend to use. I think that's fair. I don't think that I don't think they've ever done that before. You had brought up it was similar to Finn Balor, but that they was a never, different set of circumstances. And and they never had him come to the ring. I don't think as Prince Devitt. They did. They but it, what I think it was was they showed his name on the Titan Tron down there at Full Sail to pop the crowd, and then it transitioned. Too. So it would say Prince Devitt, the crowd would cheer, and then it would melt into Finn Balor, and he came I out. remember they did something like that with Hideo Itami, the Kenta yep. Hideo Itami thing. So maybe they did the same thing with When that was it, Prince but no, Devitt I don't well, I think but... you're right. I don't think unless we're talking about, you know, a guy who not a big name guy, um I don't think this has ever happened. So I don't I you know, I do think maybe what happens in WWE UK is different. You know, it's entirely possible that if he ever goes back to the UK WWE thing, maybe he goes by Tommy End. I don't know. That was my first Tommy. It seems very strange. That was my first Tommy End match, though. I'd never seen him before. Oh, no? No. Well, what did you think? I liked him a lot. Uh, I've never seen a wrestler sit, as we teachers call it, crisscross applesauce in the middle of the ring. I thought that was very cool. Please, please cross-legged style either way is fine we do crisscross applesauce hands in your bucket uh what that's what are they putting their hands in their public zone (laughs) or at least in the gap of the legs so as to keep themselves undistracted oh okay that makes way more sense than the thing i was thinking (laughs) way more sense so, uh, you know, <laughs> I just like to let these things kind of hang in the air. Um, so I thought that was, you know, I liked him. He does have that similar strong style that we see from a Nakamura, and I'm not wild about strong style, but I am excited to see where he goes from here. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see him get to NXT if that's in fact where he is going uh, and and do something. So, I, you know, it was great. I hope I know Triple H has said that the women's tournament is probably happening this summer, uh, but I hope this continues. Not right away, but you know, I hope that sometime. If they do a women's tournament, where would you hope that they hold it? Full sale. Yeah, they could do this. They could do a location version of it. You know, where they 
whatever it is, you know, they find some location. Although that Empress Ballroom was a pretty nice place to watch some wrestling, I got to say. Yeah. It was a very classed up, like, early Monday Night Raw sort of feel to it. How many people do you think they fit in that room? It didn't look like there were a ton in there. I would say a couple, maybe 2,000, 2,500, if that. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, I, you know, I don't know that they're going to be able to find 32. I bet it's a 16 women tournament. Um, finding mm. 32, you know, unless they're going to go with your Diana Parazzo, your, you know, the, the women that have wrestled for NXT, but don't seem to have a, you know, all the people who were La Luchadora, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. So what's you know when do we do you think we see the actual promotion start what does tyler Bate do with this uk championship now that he has won it does he just take it around places go to progress i guess and what is that the icw is that the other promotion that they keep talking about progress and icw those were the big two yeah so i'm guessing that we're gonna see some appearances by the uk champion there knowing that they have a working relationship with the wwe I think that Which gets to say they're going to be swallowed by the WWE in the next I, three to four years. I'm going to say, I think to, to, by the time 2017 ends, one or both of those companies is just on the network. You can watch their stuff there. Yeah. The WWE UK show will be called WWE progress or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably very yeah. accurate. Uh, any thoughts on Jimmy Snooker? We haven't spoken since he passed away. Uh, he did pass away. Okay. Very sad. Very sad. Um, he was obviously a, uh, a legend at one time. Um, and it sounds like, you know, stuff happened. Mm-hmm. So who knows? I don't know any of the details about that and... You know, when I started watching wrestling, he was pretty much done. You know. Right. Yep. Um, so, so, I don't... Yeah, I mean, he was a big... <coughs> excuse me. He was a big formative presence in the life of uh, Mick Foley. That I know, for yes, sure. Yes, yes. And, you know, he, the, the jumping off the cage is an iconic moment. He got hit in the head with a coconut. That was an iconic moment. You know, he was obviously, a, you know, a deserving Hall of Famer. Um, personal life aside, you know, I find it interesting because watching 1993 ECW, he's there. You is know, he? He is there as part of the uh, Hot Stuff International slash the Dangerous Alliance. It's him and the Magnificent Morocco, um, you know, as the grizzled veterans who are, you know, taking on the young upstarts, so to speak. So it's, you know, a column I do need to write um, has a bunch of, you know, a lot of it's just going to be gratuitous reaction shots of Jimmy Snuka because a lot of it's just him making silly faces for the camera. So, uh, you know, so it, it is it is sad when, you know, People's heroes right. in these Hall I mean, of Famers. I certainly can't speak to any of the circumstances no. around it, so I won't. No, exactly. Um, I agree. All I know is as a wrestler, he was an iconic sort of wrestler, and mm-hmm. that's that. Speaking of iconic sort of wrestlers. Yes. Yeah, I was right, huh? You were When I said that he was never going to 
wrestle in the WWE ring again because there's no way they would clear him to actually wrestle. Uh, no, I don't think so. But Kurt Angle, you're you're the the first inductee, announced inductee into the uh, WWE 2017 Hall of Fame class. Uh, good for him. Good for them. Uh, I don't think we're ever going to see him wrestle again. I don't think he shows up in the Rumble. You know, that at, seems very unlikely to me. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I see a possibility that he could have one more match at some point, but I, I, I again. I don't think he, I. I honestly don't understand how the WWE could clear him to wrestle. If they're so, not clearing Daniel Bryan, how are they clearing Kurt Angle? That's what I want. Well, to I'm not sure the situation's exactly the same, but yeah, point point taken, I guess. Yeah, I I expect we see him in some sort of WrestleMania moment, like we saw Austin Michaels Foley. Uh, if it involves American Alpha, so much the better. You know that was part of my I released a by the book this week. I'm not. Wouldn't it be great if uh, Kurt Angle came back as a personality, maybe associated with uh, American Alpha? I would. I would be all for that. I would be all for him if Mick Foley does. You know, if if he is not long for the raw GM job, Kurt Angle would be a guy that for four to six months would not be a bad replacement just to, you know, to, I do think these general managers kind of need to transition every now and then. I don't necessarily want to see either Angle or Brian or Foley rather still doing this job in 12 to 18 months. I'd like to vary it up a bit but uh you know i think there's there's definitely there are places for him even if it's you know he shows up every so often and hosts a talk show or whatever you know he can probably still apply an ankle lock without hurting anybody he can probably do an ankle slam the thing that i question is whether or not although you know kurt angle certainly is currently focused on the WWE and his induction. My my question, I suppose, is um, is he really done wrestling? Just because he's not going to ever wrestle in the WWE doesn't mean he's done wrestling. Uh, he certainly. I mean, he has a match still, or did it just happen? His third match or whatever with Cody Rhodes on the independent scene. Um, he he is actively still wrestling this last period of time. And just because again, just because the WWE won't clear him doesn't mean that no one will. I would have to think, I suppose Hogan and probably flair got inducted into the WWE hall of fame and then went to TNA. So I guess there's precedent for being a hall of famer who also wrestles elsewhere but I would think they would try to sign him to some sort of legends deal and be like, you can't wrestle anywhere else. Like, I'm certainly can't. hoping that they sign him to a legends deal. And that's the case because I, I, I don't need to see him wrestle. Although again, he is one of the greatest of all time. And you know, by all, by all observations that I've heard, it doesn't really sound like he's, you know, necessarily missing any steps these days. It sounds His matches like with still... Cody Rhodes are supposed to have been very good. So right, so it's not about that, though. No, no, I I would just prefer him to stay with 
WWE, you know, if if he if he feels the need, I could see him hesitating if, you know, obviously he's a super competitive guy. You don't make it to the Olympics. You don't win a gold medal. You don't make it in WWE unless you have that inner competition. So if he truly believes he's not done, I could see him wanting to continue competing. But I would hope that he could put the brakes on a little bit and just be like, let's transition to a new part of his career. You know, he's a great... He was a great talker. You know what I mean? Not that WWE needs more play-by-play guys. They've already got too many as it is. But, you know, if he were to go down to NXT and become a, you know, on-screen figure there, hey, William Regal probably at some point is going to move to this UK promotion to be their general manager. I could see Kurt Angle being the general manager of NXT for a while or being on the announce team. You know, Corey Graves can't keep doing both you know he's yeah uh, so and at some point austin aries has to go back to uh wrestling as well right yeah i would assume so you know i did eat my banana today in honor of austin aries and afterwards as you said i will put my thumb in my own eye but um you know it makes you wonder what you know his his transition to the commentary team made me wonder if they knew something we didn't like he wasn't gonna you know his injury was so severe but I would assume not. They keep talking about when he comes back, when he comes back. I think right. this is just what he's going to do. Is I I do think he's going to go to 205 Live. He's not going to go to NXT anymore. And we're not going to see him in WWE proper. It's gonna. He's just the 205 Live guy. Guy. So, yeah, and I guess he'll technically he'll be on Raw. But uh, speaking of Raw, there were three Cruiserweight segments on that show. Three Cruiserweight matches. Remind me of them? Uh, Davari versus Dorado, yeah. where Arya Davari broke out the Cobra Clutch crossface, which I've never seen mm. before. That was cool. Uh, Rich Swan, Tony Nice, and yep. Brian Ke- the Brian Kendrick versus Cedric Alexander. Mm. So, you know, the Cruiserweights had a strong showing on that. We'll talk more about 205 Live. Uh, when we get to the Wednesday night wrap-up show, or Tuesday, Wednesday, the non-Raw SmackDown wrap-up, known as a private earful, only on the NAI network. Um, but I, you know, I enjoyed that. The the matches from Raw, both on paper and in the ring, were really quite good. That has it. There is a deep roster on that Raw show, despite the fact that SmackDown, by all reports, is better nine times out of ten. It is. That's fine. But, you know, we got that night, you know, the the opening promo, I, I am liking these promos where literally like seven different people come out and you never, you know, as a fan, I'm never no, never sure who to expect. Roman Reigns is there and I'm like, oh, God, let me press fast forward. Oh, wait, there's Heyman. Never mind. Let me watch. So uh, any thoughts on Raw? I know it's not your particular cup of tea, but Stephanie McMahon was not on Raw this week. You know what I realized? I think I realized it was pretty good. We're we're talking about this woman's tournament. You know she's going to be a part of it. You know she's going to be the one standing in the ring doing the introduction, not Triple H. And just like that, you have completely (laughs) killed my desire to see it. You're welcome. Uh Uh-huh. You're not watching TNA still, right? Off and on. 
not not regularly. Necessarily, what is Damian Sandow slash Aaron Rex doing now? Because Liberace. Saw, is that what it is? Yep. Like I saw a fur coat and like lipstick. Yep, he's doing a Liberace gimmick. This guy cannot catch a break. Well, in all fairness, they tried the other thing, and that didn't work at all, so. Oh, my God. I'm so sad. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to think maybe maybe it's not the WWE. Maybe it's him. After a certain amount of time, you have to ask that question. Don't get me wrong. I still like the Damian Sandow Savior of the Masses gimmick. Me too. I think it worked. I think he did it very well. But for some reason, it just can't seem to get any traction no matter where he tries it. And I don't know why that is. I don't know either. It, but again, like you said, after a while, you can't stop. You have to stop blaming the companies. Once it gets to be companies, plural. One thing I do want to blame the company about, though. Um, have you seen this Impact Wrestling logo now that Anthem has taken over? Have you seen this? The Owl? This this travesty of, of a logo. The owl. The owl itself is bad. But honestly, like, I don't take as much umbrage with the owl as others do. The, the, the actual Anthem logo itself is that owl. So, like, they didn't just come up with an owl out of nowhere and stick it into uh, the Impact Wrestling logo there's a reason why it's there it's anthem's symbol so i get that i understand that i'm fine with that to an extent although it is dumb um but like this honeycomb background representing i presume the six-sided ring it just is very garish and nothing about that logo to me seems wealth like i don't understand what room of executives had 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 you know half a dozen graphic designs in front of them and said yeah that's the one well that's the I'm, one i'm looking at it now first things first i don't mind the honeycomb so much it is the six-sided ring i'm okay with that um the fact i, that I think the, you should have the six-sided ring as part of it but just have like a single bracket around impact or something something the fact nice that they include anthem like, it literally says Impact Wrestling, and then underneath it says Anthem. Yeah. Is that necessary? And and otherwise, it just looks like, you know, you have a, a decent amount, if not more so, of Photoshop skills. I'm imagining you could come up with something like this in about 13 minutes. It's not very complex. I mean, the one thing I will say about having Anthem on there is I don't necessarily... They think that's out of place either because I mean, I mean they did they did eventually get rid of TNA Impact because they got I think they realized TNA was not a very marketable company name, um, so for a long time they were just Impact Wrestling. But really, that's no different than calling it TNA Impact Wrestling. It just now TNA is no longer the company that owns it. It is Anthem. They set up a subsidiary. It's Anthem Wrestling Incorporated or something. So. Uh, it's Anthem Impact Wrestling. So are they not doing... They're the promotion now. Anthem is the promotion. Oh. Okay. All right. It's like having the WWE before Raw. 
All right. Well, that makes a little more sense then. Um, right. The only other thing is just looking at this particular picture, it looks like the owl has really long legs that are the A of impact. Yeah. And that's. I, I don't know. I don't really like the owl. I understand why it's there. Again, because that is the original Anthem logo. But I, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't really think it works. Neither do I. But then again, I don't know a whole lot about uh, TNA or what used to be TNA that does work. Impact Wrestling. I don't know a lot about Impact Wrestling that does work. So I will say that. Um, is the treatment of Sasha Banks working for you? Does it seem like WWE seems to be intentionally keeping her off TV? Well, when you consider they're trying to build an entire division, nay, nay, they are trying to build an entire revolution around one Charlotte Flair. Uh, You have to imagine it is difficult to do so when there's another wrestler who the crowd really seems to respond to and get behind to a greater degree. So do you think that's why? Because, you know, Nia Jax attacked Sasha during some sort of awkwardly produced training session that just happened to be videotaped. You know what I thought was really funny about that? There's a scene in the Evil Dead Part 2. There's a scene where uh, our hero, our anti-hero, Ash, he is looking out the cabin door looking for these demon zombie things called deadites within the series canon. And he's got his shotgun. He's heard a noise at the door. He goes over to the door. He looks outside. He doesn't see anything. And he starts slowly backing up into the cabin, right? And then there's this, he's just, he's backing up. He's backing up. There's the gun still trained on the door. And then suddenly there's the musical cue. There's the surprise. And suddenly one of these deadites pops up from the doorway and, you know, surprises him and scares him. The thing with that is, though, if you're really paying attention to the scene, he's been slowly backing away from the door to the point that there's got to be, like, a good six feet between the end of his gun and the door. So there's no way that the Deadite could have popped into his field of vision where it's popping into the frame of of the movie, right? So, Ash should have seen this thing coming by a good six feet, and yet he is surprised when it enters into the frame of the action, as though nothing outside of the frame exists. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yes, but continue, because I just enjoy listening to you tell stories. So, in this training footage... There is one Sasha Banks who, if I recall correctly, uh, is running the ropes back and forth. And she's looking at her knee, making sure it's okay, running the ropes. And she is running directly towards the ramp, the backstage area, from which Nia Jax... Is emerging. uh, uh, Don't get me wrong. I am sure Nia is an incredibly fit athlete. I'm sure she's incredibly agile. I'm sure, you know, benefit of the doubt, for a woman her size, she moves very, very quickly. There is no way 
that Sasha Banks doesn't see her running in from the backstage area. And you could say, Doc, Doc, maybe she wasn't entering from the backstage area. Maybe she was, you know, ringside, just, uh, just a little outside the view of the camera. But if she was, if that is the case, if Nia really was just there, just outside the frame of the camera... I don't know why Sasha would have just been nonchalantly running the ropes as though, ah, oh, nobody else is out here, but my arch nemesis, the person who keeps attacking me uh, week after week after week, is just standing there, just sort of, oh, she's not really looking at me, though it must just be a coincidence. I'll just ignore her and do my thing in the ring. Because if that's the case, then once again, Sasha Banks, you appear to be an idiot. Well, I think it just continues with that that line of thinking that you continue to bring up is just she she just seems whether it's oblivious or she's just not paying attention or you know because like again she wins the title and then goes out and challenges Charlotte the the very next night. But well, in all fairness, your making history thing made a lot of sense to me after you said it. Okay, she's not motivated by. By winning the title. She's motivated by making history. That that made some of that storyline stuff there actually um, make sense to me in a way that it hadn't before we had that conversation on the podcast. Um, but in this particular case, again, just going back to that that, that Evil Dead example, no, I, I, there's no way she didn't see her coming. It just it seemed so poorly choreographed. Yes. And again, it's just, you know, are you keeping her off of the, you know, are you keeping her away from the crowd because now you're trying to build Bailey? Well, that too. And the crowd is going to, you know, and I don't know if and when Sasha eventually turns heel on Bailey. I don't, you know, I'm pretty sure at one point Charlotte got the crowd to boo Bailey. I'd have to go Did back she? and rewatch, but it, there was something where, you know, she was talking about something and, and then, you know, you just love it so much. And it just seemed like the crowd was almost starting to turn on Bailey for being too. Saccharin? Yes. Yeah. You know, and. I can see that. And, you know, again, just the the world in which we live, I don't know that that character is going to work the same way that they're hoping it to, unless they literally hire this Izzy girl to be in the crowd every single time. Um, right. You know, but I, I, yeah, do it. I don't know. I do think it's funny. I do think they are, they are now in, you know, they took her off television for all those months back, you know, back when, and maybe she was injured. Maybe she wasn't, but I do think they're, they're like, maybe they're waiting for a special occasion or they're just like, we're not sure what to do with you and you are too popular for our own good right now. So you get attacked by Nia Jax and that's the, it's the only thing I can think of. Have you seen the new Logan trailer? Just got released, I think, no. today or yesterday. It is recommended viewing. That movie is going to be really good. It looks really good we get, from the last trailer. We get to see uh, X-23 in action, the girl. And it's, uh, hmm. it's, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. It's not going to be your, you know, it's not going to be the, the same kind of X-Men movie that we are used to. Not that you've seen. Which is good because I got real tired of them a long time ago. Did you wind up seeing Apocalypse or Days no. of Future Past? 
I haven't seen any X-Men movies since X3. Yeah. All of them since then have been better. I will say that. I none of them have looked remotely interesting to me. Days, Days of Future Past is the best one. This apocalypse. I don't want to I don't care to see the young sexy versions of Charles of Xavier. No, like I don't like that holds zero zero appeal to me. Give me Patrick Stewart all day long, 90-year-old Patrick Stewart who probably can't memorize lines anymore. I'd rather watch him hey. do these movies for now. Patrick the Stewart's amazing. He's he is timeless. He is doing commercials now, and I'm not sure well, anyways. Either way. Well, I give it a give it a view when you get a chance. It looks good. Um, we are going to get the Elimination Chamber. I'm moving on to SmackDown now. We're moving on. Uh, we're we're going to get an Elimination Chamber two months before WrestleMania. Does that mean that means that the winner of the Elimination Chamber will challenge the champion at WrestleMania? Is that what it means? I don't know. I thought it was I no. I think AJ has to defend the title in the chamber. Did they say that for yes, sure? Yes, because really AJ came out to complain, which makes me think, doesn't that mean that the winner of the Royal Rumble now has to be a Raw member? Well, not necessarily. It could be somebody going cross-brand. I suppose, but you you know, like all of these people have announced for the Rumble, if Dean Ambrose wins the Royal Rumble, and then, it, you know, does he go in the Elimination Chamber? And, you know, or is he outside the chamber and will just take on the champion, whomever the champion is, but now the champion could be any of these six got. It just seems like there's a lot of. I see where you're coming from. There are too many moving parts. A little too complex. Yeah. For their own good. Yeah. I, my, my hopes of the Miz winning the Royal Rumble, I believe have officially been dashed though. He looked good against AJ Styles. I liked, I liked the what dash Dawson. What? Who's talking about the revival? You said something was dashed. I missed the revival. Yeah, they were a thing. I keep waiting for them to show up. Didn't they just wrestle DIY again? Yeah, they did. But it was good. It was, but at the same time, I'm, I keep waiting for them to come up to the. Oh, well, you're gonna have to roster. wait for the draft. I hope not. Show up and beat up. Well. Beat up American Alpha at this point. I was. I oh, want. Man, what if they showed up as like the hired guns for AJ Styles? What if they became the new Bullet Club? Okay, it would work. It would be a. It would be a tweak of their gimmick, but it would. Which totally one's the work. bald one again? Scott Dawson? Dawson. Okay. All right. I forget sometimes. It's okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. I haven't seen them often enough. Recently. One of them has a dash of hair. I, but I always remember it as. The one without a dash of hair, which I, but then I catch myself and I say, okay, that's how I remember it. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's wrong. His hair is a little wilder than the other one. Whose head, dash wilder. Dash has the hair. He's got a dash of hair. It's wilder than the other guy whose head is Scott Free of hair. (laughs) Scott Dawson. Scott Free. Uh, I'm never going to remember this. It's okay. They need um, some personalities first. Oh, no. They're, they're classic. Give one of them they're face cut. paint. Apparently, the Ascension's going to get these, like, leather grin masks. Somebody. 
Good. Because that's what the Ascension needed. That's why they haven't been working this entire time. Let's put them in half face masks. Let's do that. That'll fix everything. You never know. No, you do know it's not going to work at all. No, no, it's not. Um, the only other thing on my list before we get to our emails, and we've got at least two, is uh, the cage match. They made history again. Women made history again in the first women's steel cage match, although I'm pretty sure women have had a steel cage match before. But uh, maybe it's the first time a title has been defended in a steel cage. I'm really upset, A, that La Luchadora was just Mickey James. As we've been saying pretty much since she became a thing. Yeah. And B, I am doubly upset that the moment La Luchadora appeared, you knew it was Mickey James. Mickey James has this very peculiar way of standing. She 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 sort of holds an arm um behind her as she juts her hips forward. Um sort of like a reversed slouch, if you will. Um like she 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 thrusts her pelvis forward when she stands. And the moment that you saw La Luchadora, it was like, okay, yeah, that's that's Mickey James. Yeah. I I they could have done anything, DC. Like, like I would have preferred they took off the mask. It was Donald Piazzo or whatever her name is. Diana D- 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 Parazzo. Diano Paparazzi, whatever. Uh, Donald Paparazzi I, would have been preferable. And then, because because they 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 sort of teased it a little bit to me. They have the disarmor on. La Luchadora comes in the ring, hits the Mick kick, makes you think it is Mickey James. Pull off the mask. It's Donald Paparazzi, and then boom, Mickey James's music hits, comes down, makes the save. I would have preferred that. Now you've got this returning hero who's turned heel for some reason, which maybe will be a great story they haven't had a chance to explain yet. I'm not writing it off. Certainly, there could be a good reason that we're not privy to yet. But still, having this returning person coming back and instantly aligning her with Alexa Bliss as a heel, no reasoning, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I personally don't see the connection between Alexa and Mickey James, why she would be helping her. Again, They haven't had an opportunity to explain it, so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, I guess. But there's something about that whole setup that immediately puts them on, to me, puts them on the defensive. I I am now disinclined to like what they're doing immediately. Um, They're going to need a good explanation. I think you're right. It doesn't make a lot of sense. The whole idea that all right, she's not old enough to be her mother, so it can't be that. Um, <laughs> the, the you know the whole thing. I I am at tired. first I thought you said not old enough to be your mother, as though that that's not what you said. No, Never mind. Her Go mother. Ahead. Yeah, I was got like, it. If, you know, if, but um, you know, Mickey James is thirty-seven. Alexa Bliss is twenty-five. In case anyone's curious, uh, I'm tired of these one. You know, because what we're getting to here is essentially Becky versus the world, it feels like, because Nikki Bella's caught up in the Carmella-Natalia thing, unless Naomi comes back, 
Becky, oh, I hope not. Becky doesn't have anyone else to team with unless some other person makes a return. And it's, you know, now it's her against Mickey and Alexa. And again, like you said, maybe they'll come up with some explanation, but it doesn't seem... They don't owe anything to me. They can tell any story they want. And I'm sure there's, like I've said many times, it's wrestling. They can come out the next night and Mickey James says, I helped Alexa because she reminded me of me when I was that age. Done. Like, that's all the explanation they need necessarily give. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean I'm going to accept it. What if as... she comes out on Tuesday and she's wearing a red wig and green and a green outfit or the, the jacket and she just does the stalker gimmick all over again. But now she's stalking Becky Lynch. I would still want to know why she was aligned with Alexa Bliss. I'd be OK with that if Mickey James had come out, ruined it for Becky but had not, you know, aligned herself with Alexa. But she didn't have a choice at this point. They've been building up this, 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 this uh, La Luchadora, as played by Donald Paparazzi, as being aligned with Alexa Bliss for several weeks now. So whoever was under that mask had to fulfill that role, and that's the part that doesn't make sense to me. I, agree. I would have been fine with her doing the stalker thing if she came in not necessarily been aligned with Alexa, but still cost Becky the match. No problem. There's at least an explanation there that makes sense to me. But right now, I, I can't. Well, again, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I can't think of a reason that's going to make me accept it beyond, oh, well, that's wrestling. That's the story they're telling. I got nothing. And I kind of feel like that's the cheapest story for them to tell. You know? I. I do. I also think it's funny that this was I now I'd have to go back and remember the entirety of the you know, here you have this historic this is the first really big gimmick match for the SmackDown women's brand, and it ends with a screwy finish. You know, say what you will about Charlotte and Sasha Banks, but those matches by and large ended clean. Right. You know, Sasha won that false count anywhere match, made her tap, you know, made her tap out. Charlotte won. I think she just won the Iron Person match, you know, the Iron Man match. You could, you know, argue whether or not Sasha sh- should have tapped out in those last few seconds to tie it up or whatever, but she did. So, right. you know, I, I think it's telling that. You know, we're we're starting this off now with controversy and, you know, as Liam Stryker and the guys on NAI Pod talk about it, the five paragraph finishes. In order to explain it, you need five paragraphs or so rather than just Alexa won or Becky won. Right. Yep. So. All right. Well, either way, I still enjoyed wrestling, uh, you know, this week. I just watched 205 Live. I still need to watch NXT. There's, I haven't seen either of those yet. There's just so much. Well, just wait. I'm going to mention something from 205 Live in my uh, positivity this week. But before we do that, we do have two emails. So DDT the Wrestling. The emails. What? What? The emails. DDT Wrestling at gmail.com. The first one comes from our good buddy, Glenn. What's in the box? Last week, Doc asked the question, what's in the lockbox? I think the answer to that question is closer to home than you think. Ask one of the fake Wrestling News former guests, David Otunga, because the only reason I can think he still has a job is he knows what's in the box and is blackmailing Vince to keep him in work or he 
will reveal all. All right. We're going to play a quick game here. We're going to go back and forth. Doc. Uh Uh-huh. What's in the box? What's in the box? What do you actually think? The severed head of Linda McMahon, clearly. But she's not dead. You don't know that. When's the last time you saw her? I just saw a picture of Stephanie and Triple H all dressed up. They're going to, you know, we're, we're here recording here on the eve of the presidential inauguration. They're going to the candlelit dinner to support their mother. Mm. The severed head of Linda McMahon. <laughs> Ow. You've seen seven. I have. I have. Um, no spoilers. I think what is in the box are... Uh, either pictures or testimonials of the Randy Savage incident. That's what I think is in the box. This next one comes in from Pav. I was we were going to keep hey, going. My... We had to keep going back and forth. What's in the box? Did, in the box? did, did, did we? No. Did we? Or, or did you say everything that needed to be said? I suppose yeah. I did. Hey, my besties, after the brand split, a lot of things are now looked at differently. Raw's the night after WrestleMania were always a focal point in the WWE calendar. <clears throat> this is, as we know, due to the hardcore fans staying an extra night with travel packages complementing this. NXT call-ups returns to start off a new chapter a la Brock Lesnar in 2012 and just a general good-feeling factor in the air. My question, will SmackDowns after WrestleMania now be a part of the WWE folklore in the same way? Now that it's live, has its own roster a greater emphasis? With Saturday's NXT TakeOver and a five-hour-plus WrestleMania, come on, we all know it's going to be six hours plus, followed by Raw, fans may be drained out, and if Survivor Series is anything to go by, SmackDown is usually held in a different city. So, does that work to SmackDown's advantage? Having a different post-Mania crowd? I feel NXT call-ups would not get lost in the shuffle, uh, debuting on a two-hour show. However, the Raw crowd would be more familiar with them. Will SmackDown always be inferior the week after Mania? Or a different but equal alternative? The P underscore A underscore A... No, I'm sorry. The P underscore A underscore V, the POV, sent from my Samsung Galaxy smartphone. <laughs> uh, I like this email a lot because it is something to think about, you know, Wait, and, but it's it's going to be something to think Here's about. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Oh, you go ahead. No, please, <laughs> please. We, no, we no. are here. We are here on the Doc Manson show, <laughs> featuring. My st- I'm laughing so much, my stomach is killing me. Featuring go ahead, go sometimes ahead. DC Matthews. Um, I was thinking if we were going to rebrand something, <laughs> we should call it Doc Talk because that has a wonderful ring to it. <laughs> but it could be called Doc Talk with DC Matthews or starring DC Matthews. So you would get title billing. I wouldn't even get my full name in there. But I think that could be clever. I like how that sounds. Doc Talk starring DC Matthews. What do you think? I think it's, at the very least, we found the episode title for this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, as you were saying, as you were saying. I think this is something we're going to have to think about for all of these cross-brand pay-per-views. But WrestleMania, Doug, you know, there is that sort of thing. But we saw the same thing with SummerSlam. You know, Raw, the summer, I believe, Raw, the night after SummerSlam, was also in Brooklyn. So I think what's going to happen is SmackDown will go to a nearby city 
but they will actually have the advantage because it will not be a crowd that has sat through, in WrestleMania's case, the Hall of Fame, NXT, a six-hour WrestleMania, and then a three-hour Raw. So, you know, uh, everything's in Orlando. So if if uh, SmackDown goes to Atlanta or Tampa or somewhere else in, you know, they go to New Orleans to tease the whole... Um, WrestleMania 34 thing, uh, I think they'll be just fine. But it is something to think about because, you know, they're both going to have to start fresh, especially after WrestleMania. It's kind of, you know, it is ideally the beginning of their new year of storylines. Well, that's where I think it's funny. You go, you went with the crowd from the email. I'm going with with that, actually. So here's the thing, uh, Pav and, and DC, you tell me what you think. I think it's entirely possible that as opposed to SmackDown, you know, being elevated into this maybe maybe different or equal alternative, uh, instead, I think it, both Raw and SmackDown become maybe somewhat less important immediately after WrestleMania. To your point, um, I do think that, you know, they will be starting some new storylines immediately following WrestleMania. But I think now the focal point of the WWE calendar is not the night after WrestleMania, but rather the draft. So you might have the, the these these new storylines starting after WrestleMania, but I'm not expecting necessarily to see NXT call-ups the day after WrestleMania this year. I sort of think we're going to be waiting until June before that happens. But you know what? I don't know that for sure. Nobody does. Uh, we're sort of all living this brand split together. So it's actually going to be very interesting, I think, to see what the WWE does this year, post-mania, leading up to the draft. Am I right? Am I wrong? Who knows? Well, you can when, go either when way. do you think the draft is? The draft this time was in late July, early August. It was before SummerSlam. So is that, are we expecting... Wasn't it late June? I'd have to look. I don't. I could be wrong. I don't know for sure. But that's where I think we would see it—the June-July time frame. I think it would make sense for the summer, and you know, lately, especially since you know the the pay per view after WrestleMania for a long time was called Payback, or maybe it was Extreme Rules, but then it was Payback. There were a lot of WrestleMania rematches, which I don't remember ever happening back when we were watching as you know youngsters, or back when I when I was watching as a youngster. When Steve Austin beat Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 14, now granted Shawn Michaels left to have back surgery and was gone for a while, but it wasn't like he continued to feud. You know, the Steve Austin Brahart, you had these culminating blow-off matches, and then that was it. You know, right. th that doesn't necessarily happen in today's WWE. If AJ Styles is wrestling whomever, John Cena again, or whoever it is, if John Cena wrestles The Undertaker, well, maybe that will be a one-time thing. But a lot of these Once matches, in a lifetime for the third know, time. Yeah. Roman Reigns, if he wrestles Braun Strowman, I imagine they will tangle again at some point in the near future. So it will be interesting to see. But I like going back to the crux of the Pov's email, uh, I do think Raw and SmackDown are going to be seen. They, they are on equal footing now, I think. As much as they can be, you know sure. what I mean. They are, you know, SmackDown does get a little bit of the shaft in terms of the placement of the pay per views, so they do need to build 
you know, we're building to the Elimination Chamber before the Royal Rumble actually happens. But I think that's just a a fact of life when it comes to this sort of calendar we're going to get. So thank you, Potts. Thank you, Glenn. And shame on all of you, because I tweeted out a couple of times that you could have sent us questions. And, you know, I'm just... Oh, yeah, shaming people. That's that's really going to get them to write in. What would you suggest? Is email antiquated? Do we need to move to tweets? It is antiquated, but I like it. Um, I don't think we should move to tweets. Although, we could add tweets to the show if we wanted to do tweets, like, interstitially. But I still think we should have a culminating email where people can get longer thoughts in. Because I got to tell you, if people start sending us, like, multiple-part tweets where, like, continued, 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 I ain't going to read them. Not a chance. Not happening. So, maybe we make a rule where we will accept tweets for the show so long as they are 140 characters or less. Sure. And then I can go on this show and say, uh, this one comes in from hacker alias Seahawk. And when we could read that tweeted, tweeted tweet. What do you think? Sure. Yeah. We didn't get emails from Nigerian princes or anything either today. Yeah. No spam. I, I guess the spam filter is working harder. All right. Fair enough. Uh, before we get on out of here, Doc Manson, mm, what is your mm, uh, what is mm. your piece of positivity that ah, you are taking mm. through the week? Ah, hmm, it, hmm, ah, ah, hmm, 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 ah, ha, hmm, pa, hmm, yes, hmm, yes, in, hmm, ah, this is my best Jeff Goldblum. Is it doing anything for you? Hmm, ah, ah, yeah, hmm. We ah. already have a friend who just by living does a good Jeff Goldblum. Do we? I always thought Tall Guy looked a lot like Jeff Goldblum. You've known him longer, so you might not uh, see okay. it. Okay, well, maybe. I mean, I, I can see how you might see that, but I don't see it. Yeah, okay, but, okay like, sure. Like ah, I said. Mm, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> um, Doc Talk, starring sometimes DC Matthews. <laughs> Mostly Jeff Goldblum. Um, my piece of positivity from this week... I'm blanking here. I'm blanking. What was good this week? What was good? The entire... um, you know, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the UK tournament. There you go. The UK tournament was excellent. Um, I met a lot of new people, a lot of new friends, and you know, I, I like that Wolfgang fellow. I like that Tyler Bate fellow. I like that Trent Seven fellow. Um, Pete Dunn, I could take or more likely leave. I could do without ever seeing. Him again, unpopular opinion as that might be. Um, Mark Andrews. But that's, that could just be me, you know, being a Mark here, because he just did some good heel work, I guess, right? Mark Andrews. Who? Oh, English Sammy Zane. Yes, he's all right. Yes, yes. I English. think... Uh, is he English? Is he Irish? I don't even know. Well, he's from the he's UK. From Wales. He's from Wales. He's the only okay, guy from Wales. I think okay. at some point... On ddtpod.com, you are going to need to post – we're going to need to post a list of the Doc Manson-named wrestlers. Like, so people – if people listen to this show randomly and go, who in the world is Donald Paparazzi? We can go, this is who that is. (laughs) English Sami Zayn is Mark Andrews. 
I would like somebody in the neighborhood with with artistic skills to to draw me um to draw what you think that these these fictional characters with these names look like. I I want to have a, a picture, a drawing of Donald Paparazzi. I want a drawing of uh Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> um I want to know what you guys think that these these individuals of Cassius Ono. Oh no! What they look like? Clearly, that's Jerry Seinfeld. But you know, <laughs> but that would be great to see Jerry Seinfeld with the elbow pad and like long oh, hair. Oh, it'd be good. It'd be good. All right, I like that. Uh, my piece of positivity this week, as I alluded to earlier, is from Two Hundred Five Live. Um, Alicia Fox has been a revelation <laughs> in the last 10 to 14 days. Do you uh, remember when like she threw just like catering at Nia Jax and that yes. was like the basis of a feud? Yes. She's been doing this for a while. She's entering her 10th year. Like she's, she started, you know, uh, and I don't remember, and you know, now granted a lot of that were years I wasn't watching, but I don't remember anything. Alicia Fox was just that other girl on the roster and now all of a sudden, you need to watch. You need to watch even, you know, in addition to the Logan trailer, before you lay your head down tonight, Doc Manson at Doc Manson, you need to watch just the first five to eight minutes of 205 Live because she's, I don't even want to spoil it. She is just fantastic. You know, she is throwing tantrums like nobody I have ever seen, and it is it is a delight to watch. Um, so, you know, that would be my, that is my piece of positivity is Alicia Fox, you know, here you have a talent who existed for 10 years, not even on my radar. And all of a sudden she, you know, I, I was doubting why she and Cedric Alexander were a thing. Now I'm just like, okay, just keep doing this, please. Cause it's great. All right. All right there, ladies and jelly spoons. Uh, we have had a delightful 60... Uh, what number are we on? Are we getting close to the yeah. awkward number? We are. Is this 66? How many minutes have we been recording for? Uh, almost 100. No, almost 70. Sorry, I can do math. Just uh, a little short of 70. Just fact. a little short of 70, but more than 68. Yeah. Yeah, that, that awkward number. Um, yeah, we're getting close. We're getting close, but this is not it, I don't think. I think we're at 66. I don't know. We are, yes, at 66. Well, we have had a delightful 66 weeks, uh, you know, and we have had a delightful time with you uh, talking about the world of professional wrestling. And next week, finally, next week, we get to do some predictions and productions for the Royal Rumble. Oh, good. Time for, you to, time for you to pick which of those 30 entrants is your pick to win the whole dang thing. I'm going with Donald Paparazzi. <laughs> As you should. Maybe that should be this week's episode. Doc Talk, starring Donald Paparazzi. Could be. Could All right. Be. Then um, nobody would listen, though, if it said Doc Talk in the title. So, uh, Thank you for for listening thank you for tuning in thank you for subscribing thank you for telling your friends i'm just assuming you're doing it if not get on the horse uh thank you for emailing us is that an expression? is the horse their friend 
they're gonna jump on their friend <laughs> and tell him tell this horse to get onto iTunes. Is yeah. that what you're suggesting? Sure, get on. See biscuits. <laughs> Listen to DDT Wrestling only on iTunes and other fine podcast repositories. See biscuits. Sarah Jessica Parker, what are you doing here? Wow. Wow. That's an old joke. I didn't come up with that joke. That's an old joke. All right there, friends. Well, tell She's a lovely woman. I think Matthew Broderick is a very lucky man. Outside of that time, he killed two people. But outside of that moment, he's a very lucky man. Tell your friends. You know that, right? Matthew Broderick killed people. Not intentionally. No, but he killed people. Yes. All right. I know people that have killed people. It's okay. Really? You know someone who has killed people. Really? Yeah. Who? Nobody that you might... You you know them so... It is a college person you know, but it was a... It is someone that you know so like second or third hand that I doubt you would even be able to put their face to a name if I were to say. I'll tell you off the air. Yeah, that's but, fine. I mean, I'm not actually that in, don't people audience. I'm not that deathly interested in, 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 in it's not it's some sort of weird fascination or I swear, I swear it's nothing like that. It's just weird. Oh, All right. Man, Anyways. you were on fire tonight, Doc Manson. Ooh, I was Doc just trying Manson. to distract everybody from the Sarah Jessica Parker joke. It's all I was trying to do. Well, all of those great Sarah Jessica Parker fans who were just starting to come on board this podcast are now gone. Our audience is totally depleted. It's what I do. He is Doc Manson. That is what he does at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Until we meet again, my friend. What was that? My stomach hurts. Well, until we meet again, my friends, or maybe uh, it'll just be by the books for a while while Doc has his organs removed, we'll see you around the neighborhood.